to the Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective for everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and let me just say I'm glad, super glad you're here. This is part two of our new series called Limitless. And this past week, we actually were able to add Vantage Point Podcast to more platforms globally. So we're definitely uh, getting Vantage Point out there, and it is truly an honor that each episode people continue to uh, listen more and more and share celebrate something real quick we just just went over 18,000 downloads for our lifetime since vantage point started in 2019 and we're closing in closing in on another milestone of 20,000 downloads i want you to do me a favor as you're tuning in we'll definitely continue to tune in uh continue to share the episodes with people you feel led to and if you're on apple podcast if that's your listening platform of choice don't hesitate to leave a review. You can also support Vantage Point financially. You can click in the link on the description of this episode and any other episode. It says support Vantage Point on any platform that'll take you to our Patreon page where you can choose the level of tier of support that you feel comfortable with. And anything is helping as we continue to push Vantage Point out and continue to build on this wonderful platform that that God has given us to to share his gospel, share his word with the world. We're literally heard or have been heard in 35 countries since our inception again back in 2019. And so last week, uh, we definitely uh, kicked off a new series. We kicked off a new season, uh, actually, uh, and it's a season five of Vantage Point. And our new series is called Limitless, and it's a series where we're diving into how much greater our lives can be if we take the limits off our thinking and allow God to truly exist, truly manifest himself in our lives. And I want you to think about this. Uh, We go through life with limits, right? We have speed limits. What we say to other people, there's some limitation on that, how much we can eat. And in part one, we we focus on self-imposed limits, right, that we set that essentially limit God in our lives. And for this week, I want to take a different approach, another layer to the to the journey to understand limitless. And I want to start with, with vision. And that's going to be our focus for this week. And there's really a lot of ways we see visually as humans, right? Our eyes are powerful organs. And I want you to consider this description that I found online regarding our eyes. It says the human eye is a sense organ, part of the sensory nervous system that reacts to visible light and allows us to visual, uh, visualize information uh, for various purposes, including seeing things, keeping our balance, maintaining our circadian rhythm, and, and, and the eye can be considered a living optical device. And, and I'm a facts person, I'm definitions, and, and here's some more, just a little more about the eye, just six interesting things about the eye that I feel like tie in to what we're talking about when it comes to limitless. And in this this episode specifically, what we're talking about vision, right? And and the first one is our eyes focus on 50 different objects every second. So if you're looking at something right now, whether it's your screen or or whether it's your room or, or your car or wherever you are, the office, your eyes are literally focused right now on 50 different objects within your line of sight, right? So I'm sitting where I record at and I'm literally just seeing different things. All I can name 50 different shapes, different things that I see, objects that are within my eyesight right in front of me. Uh, Another one is the only organ more complex than the eye is our brains. Like, think about that. We know the complexity of our brains 
uh, scientifically and, and just how God has constructed it. But there, the second um, complex organ is our eyes. Like, think about that. Our eyes, something we we just you know what we see through. Um, our eyes can also distinguish approximately ten million different colors. I don't even, I mean, the biggest thing we've seen coloring-wise, right, that 64-pack of crayons, but our eyes can see approximately 10 million different colors. And, and this is the one that really got me, and I think it really shifts into what uh, we're going to be talking about. 80% of our learning comes through the lens of our eyes, comes through our eyes. So 80% of the things that we learn come through our eyes. And our iris, that's the colored part of the eye, has 256 unique characteristics, while our fingerprints just have 40. Like, think about that. And the optic nerve contains more than 1 million nerve cells. And, and you know, as I read these characteristics, I, I begin to think about how powerful our eyesight is and how it ultimately determines how we see the world, right? And that did not just visually see the world, but even figuratively, how we see the, the world around us. And our, our emotions can be triggered by our vision. Think about the things that you see. Think about the things that, that you go through on a daily basis. Can you attach it back to something you saw, right? And, and we begin to dream by our vision, right? There's so much we see and, and, and it, it, so much of, a, of us that's predicated on what we see. And in the same sight that we have, we also can see loss. We can see failed attempts. We can see sickness and much more. And I want to pose this question. Could it be that our visual understanding of our natural world affects our supernatural vision and understanding God? And see, we, we see limits through our eyes. We know our bodies and our abilities have limits, right? We know we can only do something for so long, right? I, I was a cross-country runner, and I remember the one of the first things they tell you to do if you're if you're just starting on uh, running cross-country, they'd say go run at a at a steady pace for as long as you can, right? And, and for some people, that's going to be probably ten minutes. For some, it might be twenty-five minutes. It might be thirty minutes. But at some point, you're going to have to stop, right? There's a limit to that. And here's the thing, like having faith that God can do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we ask or think or imagine, that can be difficult sometimes, especially if we haven't seen it yet. Think about that. We're literally believing God for things, moving for things. We're, we're praying for things. We're praying. We're fat. We're all the things that we do that we're believing God for, and we haven't seen it yet. But 80% of our learning comes through our eyes. And I said this last week that we we were going to look at people in the Bible who experienced defining moments in their lives where they encountered the power of God. And one example I want to talk to or talk through today is Moses. And we see this man who who had such a focus in this one specific encounter with, with God. He was so focused on his own deficiencies, he couldn't see the limitless power of God even through his perceived inabilities, that he couldn't, he still couldn't see what God was trying to do through him, right? And, and I just want to give a little context about Moses before we we jump into uh, this episode a little deeper. And so Moses is one of the most prominent figures in the Old Testament. 
Uh, Moses was chosen to bring redemption to his people. God specifically chose Moses to lead the Israelites from captivity in Egypt to salvation in the promised land. Moses is recognized as the mediator of the old covenant and is commonly referred to as the giver of the law. He's the principal author of the Pentateuch, which is the foundational books of the entire Bible. And Moses, his role in the Old Testament, uh, a lot of theologians say that it's a type and shadow of the role Jesus plays in the New Testament. And so it's safe to say that the life of Moses is something that we want to really dig into today. And so in this episode, we're going to focus on chapters three and four, because that's where the life of Moses connects with our series and and this episode. And and so for part two of Limitless, the title is The Moses Complex. And and I want to start in Exodus chapter three, verses one through 10. And it says this, it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses, Moses saw that through that Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why this bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, said God. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the land, um, excuse me, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And see, this passage gives us the first kind of point when it ties back into vision. God is bringing Moses a far-sighted vision. I want you to write that down, far-sighted vision. And what do we know when in terms of our vision and far-sightedness, right? That means I can see something far away, but I have trouble seeing things right in front of me, right? Versus nearsightedness, which we're going to get into that. But see, this passage, God is giving Moses a pretty significant assignment, Free the Israelites from slavery. And at this point, we haven't even gotten into fully the kind of person Moses is. But, you know, we know his history. But as far as his ability to fulfill the assignment, we're we're unaware. Right. But see, this is the limitless nature of God. He gives us a far sighted vision to challenge our nearsighted sight. And and see what far sighted a vision, what far sighted vision, assignment or word has God given you? that went beyond your sight. Because see, the part that we often fail to realize is that when God gives such a major assignment, he isn't giving it to us to handle on our own. He's not giving it to us to go figure it out. He's giving it to us knowing full well he's going to be right there every step of the way. But Moses hasn't seen that yet. 
right? And, and we have to know that God calls us. When he calls us to something bigger, it doesn't mean we go alone. Because see, in the next few verses, what we ultimately find is Moses can't see that far, right? Moses has 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 a issue. He's nearsighted, right? In this in this figurative way that we're looking at vision today, he's not seeing the far sighted vision that God just gave him. He's not seeing people free. He can't even celebrate what God just told him. I'm going to send you to free my people. He can't even celebrate the fact that these people are about to be free according to the word of God because he's so focused on what he sees in himself, not what he sees God doing, right? Because right now he hasn't visually seen them free, right? And you think about that with us. You think about that in the way that we operate. God tells you something, right? I can speak for my own self. God says, you're going to be this. You're going to do this. I've called you for this. I haven't seen this yet. 80% of my, my learning comes from vision, but I haven't seen that part yet, God. So it's a little hard for me to see your farsighted vision because my nearsighted sight tells me I'm not worthy of that. I'm not capable of that. I don't have the ability to do that. Yeah, I know you called me, but I don't have the ability for that. I can only see what I see. And if we go a little further, verse 11, the next verse after verse 10, when God says, now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. The first thing Moses says to God, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I that I should do something so great? Who am I to be even called by you, the God of this universe, the God Almighty? Who am I that you should call me to go do something so great, so far-sighted? Moses couldn't even begin to look past Moses. We haven't even gotten into the intricacies and all the things about Moses. He just said right now, who am I that I should go? And, and I'm reminded of something. I'm, I'm a big, big Star Trek fan. And and there's an episode that that I, I've, all, I've referenced it many times. But there was a, a, a particular episode where, where one of the, the characters was called to something so great. And he literally asked the question, why does it have to be me? And the response was, there can be no one else. And it sounds like a lot of us, right? Who am I that God would call me to something so great, so important? It's not like God told him to move a rock. It's not like God just said, hey, I want you to go here. But here's the thing. God said, I want you to free my people. I'm sending you to free them. And a lot of the times we get into the same complex that Moses did, right? God gives us something and we can't even see the plan of God because we can't look past our own limitations. And see, the truth of the matter is his first response wasn't out of obedience, but one of concern and even questioning God in his decision making. How many times have we done that? How many times have we heard God tell us something and we question it? 
We, we don't obey it. We question it. We show concern about it. But this is the God of the universe who has called you to do something greater. This is the God of the universe who has called you. This isn't some random thing. This isn't some, some, some un, un, unauthorized or, or confusing message or mandate. God has called you to something. And he wants to be able to manifest in your life and show you the limitless power that he has. But we cannot get out of our own concern, our own questioning, our own doubt, our own insecurities to what God is calling us to do. And we see this dialogue continue over in Exodus 4. And Moses says, we're going to start in verse 1. He says, Mo, it says, Moses answers, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So now Moses has gone from the question. Now, now what some people may call excuses. Now he's, he's, he's putting these scenarios in, in, out, out in front of God, right? What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if, what if they say, oh, God, God didn't tell you to come do that? Then the Lord said to him, verse 2, what is that in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. I want to stop right there for a minute. Because it might be the one thing that gets glossed over when we talk about Moses. It was easy to throw it on the ground. But it wasn't that easy to pick it back up. We're talking about a snake. And Moses reaches out and picks it back up and it turns back into a staff in his hand. At that point, I'm good. God, you just turned this staff into a snake and back to a staff all because I obeyed you. I'm rolling whatever you need me to do. Let's go. Because at that point... I'm realizing uh, you're with me and we're about to do some limitless stuff. But then if we go to verse 5, Moses, uh, God's, uh, God says, This said the Lord is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into the cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. But if they do not believe these two signs and listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said, and this is, this is again, remember, you just showed me all of this. And at this point, I'm like, okay, but not Moses. We're st he's still stuck in his own complex. Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses literally just saw God do some amazing things. He didn't even acknowledge the limitless example in front of him. He went on to the next excuse, the next issue, the next limitation. He, he didn't even acknowledge what God just did. 
he he it almost was like okay i don't think he heard me on the first excuse on the first reason so let me give him another one and moses says again i don't know how to talk i'm i'm a little slow on the speech i've never been eloquent i barely can formulate the words i'm talking to you now and then in verse 11 god says the lord said to him who gave human beings their mouths who makes the deaf who makes them deaf or mute who gives them sight or makes them blind is it not i the Lord, now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Again, God has just shown Moses, I'm going with you, brother. I know you can't talk. I know you have trouble with that, but I'm literally telling you, I'm the one who gave you that deficiency. So I'm going to be the one to fill that deficiency. And again, Moses doesn't even acknowledge the help. He doesn't acknowledge the limitless power of God. But in verse 13, he says, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. And isn't that just like us sometimes? God continues to show us time and time again his limitless power through us. Two different examples, three different examples we see God is showing Moses visually the staff, visually the water, visually the leper's hand, literally, visually he's showing him. And then he tells him what I have done and how I will help you. And that 80%, which should work, again, 80% of our learning comes from our sight. Moses kept focusing on the 20%. And he kept focusing on his own nearsightedness and eventually just says, send someone else. I want you to think about that. Send someone else. Because if we really sum all of this up, Moses began with a broader question, who am I? And then he goes into some very specific reasons why he's not the person to fulfill this far-sighted vision. He takes his nearsighted position. He can't see past his own limitations to see the limitless power of God. God has literally told him, tell them I am sent you, which implies that God is beyond who we are and our abilities. But again, if we read through these scriptures, Moses begins to do what a lot of us do. We get caught up in our own limitations, and we fail to see how God wants to move. And, and what he ultimately does, he fails to see three key reasons why he can be used. Because all Moses is fo focusing on, all he's thinking about is the reasons why he can't be used. But if he opened his eyes, and I'm challenging us to do the same thing, in this new year, in this new season, in this new whatever you have for God, there's three th reasons why we can be used. God is sending us, God is guiding us, and God is watching us. If God is giving you a far-sighted vision, it's because he's watching you. If he's giving you a far-sighted vision, it's because he's guiding you. And if he's giving you a far-sighted vision, that means he's sending you. All signs point to God to move in that far-sighted vision. So really the question is, what areas of your life are you putting limits on? 
Maybe it's your personal life. Maybe God has blessed you with an amazing career, but but you have questions on on where you're going to go in that career. You have questions on on family situations. Maybe it is your career that God has blessed you with. Maybe maybe you don't think he maybe he's called you to be a leader, but yet you're still at the front line. Maybe he's called you to be a parent, but you haven't had the children yet. Maybe he's called you to be a spouse, but you don't have the wife or husband yet. And you're wondering how or why or even who am I to do those things? And there's such a powerful thing as we even, again, continue to look at the life of Moses in this moment, this complex that he has that he ultimately gets uh, moving through this exchange with God. And there's something so powerful that if you continue to read the story and you continue to to dig into what God ultimately has Moses on this path, there's a particular part that we get to in the story where he does, where, where the Israelites are freed and they're moving, th- in, in the, they're moving toward the promise and they're moving away from Egypt. And at, and, and at one point, they're led to the edge of the Red Sea. And this could have been a moment that that was that was troubling, right? It could have been a moment that that really defined was God really with Moses. But what we see is another sign that God was with him. God was guiding him, God was leading him. And God was with him because we see those Israelites are able to move through the Red Sea because the parting of the water. As Moses raised that staff. And the people were able to move through safely. And God allowed the waters to eat up the enemies. Eat up the army of Pharaoh. But see, Moses never gets to that moment if he stays nearsighted. Because again, I, I truly believe that every moment, every point from that moment of the burning bush to that part of the Red Sea, that he continued to walk, continued to see the things that, got, that, was, that were transpiring in front of him, ultimately to get him to the moment that he was able to raise his staff. Because see, God has a bigger vision and it goes so much deeper than our abilities. It goes so much deeper than, than our iniquities that we have to be able to say that, you know what? I know I don't have every ability in the book. I know I don't have everything that I can possibly do in this mo- in this thing that God wants me to do. But the one thing I know is that God is with me. God is guiding me and God is is with me and and encouraging me and pushing me. And he's called me to this farsighted vision. And so as we close out this part two, I I just want to pray for some specific things. I want to first pray for people that that are at that moment where they're questioning. They're asking God, why or who am I? that you send me to this? Who am I that you've called me to this? 
because there is so much that God has for you. And I want you to grab hold of that far-sighted vision. There's nothing wrong with seeing yourself. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging who you are, but don't let your acknowledgement serve as the block to what God wants to do in your life. It's one thing to acknowledge weakness. It's, one, it's another thing entirely to hold on to weakness. It's another thing to operate in weakness, and it's another thing to succumb to your weakness. But you serve a mighty God. You serve a God that has superseded your weakness. And it's just the perfect opportunity for him to show himself to you in this life. Let's pray. God, we come before you today. We give you all the honor and praise. And anyone that's listening to this, God, we just pray that if they're struggling with why you've called them or they're struggling with setting limitations or they're struggling with the Moses complex, God, that I pray that they will be unlocked in Jesus' name, that they will see the farsighted vision, that they will see that you're leading and that you're guiding and that you've called them and that you're with them every step of the way. God, I pray that you give them holy examples like a staff, Father God, whatever that looks like in their life, Father, that you give them the idea, that you give them an example, that you're right there with them, that you're always with them, and that you're giving them the words, you're giving them the skills, you're giving them the abilities, Father, because it's in, in everything we can do nothing in ourselves, but in you, Father God, we can do all things. In you and in your limitless power, Father God, we are made perfect, Father God, not in our own struggles, not in our own abilities, but in the power and obedience and trust of you, God. We thank you and we praise you right now. Amen. I thank you again so much. I'm encouraging you. This is a season of limitless. This is the season where we have to step beyond our nearsightedness and we have to get into focus with what God wants to do in our lives. We're going to be back here in just a few days for part three, and we're going to look at another person in the Bible that's going to have a completely different look on, on following God and hearing and, and understanding the limitless nature of God. And so I encourage you to come back for part three, continue to like, subscribe, and share Vantage Point Podcast. And remember, keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. It's going to change your world and your life. God bless. Oh, 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 oh